mean, I say this a lot. Anybody else just like, wow, where did this year go? I mean, they just seem to get faster and faster and faster. And uh, man, if, I'm not, if we're not careful, they'll be by in a blur. But I started thinking about 2023, and you know, there's an expression that they say, was this on your bingo card? You know, things that you expect or did not expect to happen this year. And I thought there's probably been a few things that wasn't on our bingo card for 2023 yeah. that happened. What, any guy, anybody want to share anything that maybe you think that wasn't on my card? It can be personal or not, just a world event or anything. Anything that was surprising about this year? Uh, yeah. Sure. <laughs> it's hard to think of it in the moment. So I put you mm-hmm. on the spot, didn't mm-hmm. I? Mm-hmm. Like we were talking Major earlier. Major life change. I'm like, I... Quit one of my jobs, went back to school. After 17, 18 was years. Was not on and... my bingo card. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a student at age 40. That's kind of fun. That's right. She's, she's busting the curve yeah. in her classes. Um, so. It's a, master, a master's in clinical mental health counseling. Yes. Yeah. We thought Matthew just graduated. Why not add not... to our, our school debt? <laughs> That's and right. all at the same time. Yeah. yeah. I was surprised how much AI took off this year. Like everything is being yes. done by AI, it seems like. And I admit, I've done some things with chat GPT. You know, if you see social media posts, Liz was on maternity leave this summer. And so I was responsible for posting some things on Ashworth Snow's Facebook page. And I just got tired of writing. So I went to chat GTP and I said, you know, hey, write this for me. And it did an amazing job. <laughs> yeah. So that was surprising. Yeah. I read this year that, did you guys know the pandemic officially end? May 5th, it was over. Yeah, it's like the official Strange. end of the pandemic. Go figure. And we celebrated I didn't know that. by getting COVID. So That's right. Celebrated the end they of didn't it. get the message in yeah, Amy's house. So um, I read this. this. This was something that was like a surprise in 2023. It says the hole in the ozone layer is shrinking. Anybody know that? Good news. Good news. Look at there. Good news. It's, as we discovered in the first service, it's most likely because all those people in the 80s stopped using all that aerosol hairspray. <laughs> yeah. it's just, the hair isn't as big, big isn't as it used anymore. to be that you required all that hairspray. Mm-hmm. Here's one of my favorite, though. This happened in 2023. The American Girl, the dolls, they introduced their new historical doll. Okay, so this is their newest historical doll collection. They came out with twins, Isabel and Nikki. They were born in 1999. Historical. (laughs) (laughs) I wish I was making that up. That is not, that is true. That's crazy, isn't it? Those neat Those historical dolls. Yeah, that's funny. (laughs) I was watching a show with Liz yesterday, and she kept commenting. She said, this can't be a new show. The hairstyles and the clothes, they're way old. And I'm like... (laughs) 2011, Liz, 2011. So, you know, I'm on the internet. I love to find goofy stuff. And for some reason, there were a lot of predictions 100 years ago about what would happen in 2023. This was in newspaper headlines from 1923. You want to hear a few of what they thought would happen this year? Um, They thought that there would be no mail service between New York and San Francisco. I'm not sure why. But 1,000 mile an hour freighters were going to take over the deliveries of goods before sunset. Amazon. That's true. We have Amazon. So that's yeah. pretty accurate. Yeah. Oh, and they said, watch size radio telephones will keep everybody in communication. Accurate. <laughs> that's pretty impressive, <laughs> that's isn't it? Yeah. That they got that close, that right? Yes. Um, this one they missed by far. They said the work day in 2023 will only be four hours long. Yeah, no. You've got that, right? I do. Y'all don't have that yet? Okay, we'll <laughs> pray for you that you get it. 
Hey, 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 Maybe hey. Maybe they work for hours or on social media at work Watch, for Watch hours. it, Kim. Watch it. That may hit a little too close to home. That's right. <laughs> Amy, you like the next one. Yeah, all people, it, it's one of the predictions was that all people will be beautiful. No need for beauty There's contest. There's no need for beauty contest because everybody is just beautiful enough as is, which obviously is not true. There will be no In need for beauty contest yeah. because everybody's going to be beautiful. But I did say... You can use filters now. Sometimes do you ever see somebody on Facebook or something and you're like, they look different. That doesn't look like them. They're using a filter. That's right. Anybody can be beautiful. So in a it, sense, you know. that did come true. Yes. Everybody's beautiful on social media. Or maybe media. our ideas of beauty are changing and <laughs> yep. we're opening up to like everybody's beautiful. In 1923, they predicted that newspapers would be out of business in 50 years. Oh. Yeah. Wow. That's pretty accurate, right? Yeah. They missed this one. The average length of the human life would be 300 years. That's a little off. I was telling Amy, I think Maybe I even if we read. Maybe only work four hours a day. Then <laughs> if you work only four yeah. hours a day, of course. It, uh, but I, I actually saw like where they, you know, they track the uh, life expectancy. And like, I think it took a turn in the U.S. in the last year or two. It's like a decimal. It's not like five yeah, years or stress, anything. So, yeah. Stress. So, um, and then what they say, the, the fashion trends or the, uh, the way they thought it would be, they said that, that women in 2023 would most likely be shaving their heads, uh, that men would be wearing curls, and that the style would be to blacken your teeth. <laughs> so strange. But honestly, like, <laughs> the hair thing is kind of accurate. There's a whole trend right now. like uh, Shaving your head? Yes, like so many... Um, so many college students that I would work with, they like the boys. It's very popular to go get a perm and that perm is that true. Hair. We had so. that discussion in my house with one of the males that wanted to get a perm. We were there trying desperately to talk him out of it. So, <laughs> as a child of the '80s, I remember what men looked like with perms. So, yeah. <laughs> we've been down that path yes. before. Yes. That's kind of funny, isn't it? They missed some. They got some right, incredibly. I mean, who knew? Not That's in impressive. But you know. We do sit here. Today is December 31st. It's a brand new year facing us right now. And of course, if you go online, a lot of people are making their predictions about what's going to happen next year. Of course, most of them are gloom and doom and it's going to be terrible. But I'm very curious. When you think of the new year, what comes to your mind? What do you think of? I always like the number four. So okay. Okay, so you got f two fours, and so you're hopeful. Okay, very good. Yeah. Yeah, but you're off optimistic, and that's kind of the other side of that question yeah. is, you know, yeah. not just what do you think might happen, or what do you, what are you looking, what comes to mind, but what emotions are stirred in you as you mm -hmm. think about the new year? Mm -hmm. Are most of you hopeful? Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's only a few weeks yeah. before the Iowa caucuses, and we're going <laughs> to yeah. get a reprieve on political yeah. ads, so we all have to be yeah. optimistic about yeah. that, right? Yeah. Yes. 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 We all celebrate that. It's 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 interesting though when we face a new year, it does stir emotions, doesn't it? I mean, yeah. there's a lot of things that can come to mind. I mean, there's so many predictions, so many things that they get right and wrong. It's very easy though for us to go into a new year, not hopeful. It's easy for us to kind of go into a new year fearful, 
I mean, there is an election, and it doesn't matter what side you're on. Both sides think, oh, if the other side wins, the world's going, you know, going to blow up. Mm-hmm. Anxiety is just very prevalent mm-hmm. right now, this time of year. I mean, you were sharing with me. A- yeah, Matthew and I were talking a little bit, and even in just my classes in school and mental health counseling, the kind of core motivator or like the main, the number one, by far the number one reason people go to therapy or seek out counseling is for fear. Like that's at the root of almost all the things, you know, and maybe it, it makes its, its presence in anxiety or, you know, weird behaviors and that kind of thing. But a lot of it is just rooted in fear. And I think it's interesting how just as humans, it feels like almost very human nature to fear, to have some of that fear. Yeah, absolutely. And we've been in a series over Christmas we've called Fear Not. We, we saw how not the, f- the first Christmas wasn't even just all holly and jolly, but a lot of concern and difficulty. And, and we thought, you know, as we wrap up the series, we can continue. There's one more Christmas story that we can look at and see how fear played a huge part in it. But also, more than that, what do we do? If you're sitting here today and there's a little bit of fear in you, how do you deal with that? And, not, and, and maybe not. Maybe today you're like, I'm hopeful, but we all know that we're going to encounter some fear or anxiety at some point. What do we do with that? How do we, how do we respond when we've got that? So let's, let's just jump in. And as we approach 2024 in less than 24 hours, what do we do? How can we boldly face this new year? And the part of the Christmas story we have yet to talk about is found in Matthew chapter 2. I think it's pretty familiar story, part of the Christmas story, and we call it, you know, the story of the three wise men or the three kings, and we'll talk about all this, but take a look with me. It says, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who's been born the king of the Jews? We saw a star when it rose and have come to worship him. When Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all of Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written, but you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. I'll stop right here just for a moment. This whole story is so fascinating. There's so many interesting things going on. You've got Herod, he's a key figure here. And you see that he is, uh, he's calling the chief priest, the religious people in. So there's this marrying of religion and power that's going on to work together. It's, it's interesting. It says then that Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him too bad it doesn't include wink, wink, because we know that's what's going on. Mm -hmm. After they heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshiped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. When they had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Get up, take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. So he got up, took the child and his mother during the night and left for Egypt, where they stayed until the death of Herod. And so was fulfilled what the Lord had said through the prophet, Out of Egypt I called my son. 
When Herod realized that he had been outwitted by the Magi, he was furious. And he gave the orders to kill all the boys in Bethlehem and its vicinity who were two years old and under in accordance with the time he had learned from the Magi. Then what was said through the prophet Jeremiah was fulfilled. A voice is heard in Ramah, weeping in great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children and refusing to be comforted because they are no more. And after Herod died, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt and said, Get up, take the child and his mother, and go to the land of Israel. For those who were trying to take the child's life are dead. So he got up, took the child and his mother, and went to the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was reigning in Judah he play, uh, in the place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. Having been warned in a dream, he withdrew to the district of Galilee, and he went and lived in a town called Nazareth. So was fulfilled what was said through the prophets that he would be called a Nazarene. A lot of stuff going on here. Yeah, Matthew is writing to primarily a Jewish, Jewish audience at the time. And so you think there's multiple references to prophecy here. That is significant. That is important because he is mm -hmm. trying to establish Jesus, the child, as the one that had been prophesied about. He is the Messiah, the one that was promised. So even in this short passage, Matthew several times is like, hey, here's this prophecy that's referring to. Here's another mm -hmm. prophecy. And so, you know, it's kind of a fascinating story, though, because often there are misunderstandings around the story, which I, if you remember years ago, I did a message on this. And I told you, if you have a nativity scene and they have wise men at it, take them and go put them in another room because they did not visit Jesus at the manger. He wasn't, th he wasn't there. If and that's like ruined me forever that I know. you told me that because <laughs> now I'm always like, that's not a bib biblically accurate nativity right. scene that you that's have. Right. Fix it. You know, Get them out of it. there. Most the likely, Magi weren't there. They weren't there. Uh, the family was most no longer in the stable. They were no longer in a manger. Jesus's legs would have been hanging over the edge if yeah. they were, you know. We, uh, we assume there were three individuals, but most likely there was a whole party that had come. These individuals, many people think they came as far as 900 miles to chasing the star to find this uh, mm -hmm. individual. And they wouldn't have come just three of them. They'd have had a large party traveling with them. You know, we assume three because I of saw three it. gifts. I saw it, like a meme or something on Instagram or Facebook that was like, if the three wise men were women, they would have brought diapers and... <laughs> food and things instead of frankincense and myrrh. That's right. That's right. I'd have been like, here's Some, something a little more practical, something Mary. Something useful. Here's some diapers, <laughs> Which made me laugh. you know. But they weren't, they all, I also think, I always loved that kind of weird minor key song, We, we Three, kings, Three Kings, and thinking about the kings, but they weren't kings. They no. were magi who were like astrologers. I mean, yeah. they read the stars, you yeah, know. absolutely. So it was interesting that they... You know, they they were able to see the star, understand it. It was in their language. You know, God. Well, they knew it was a new them. one, yeah. and and it was kind of an understanding at the time that a new star represented the birth of royalty. And so when they saw this star, that's when they're like, oh, somebody's been born. This is significant. Let's go see who it is. And evidently, it was significant if they went 900 miles to find it. You know, mm -hmm. um, and even in that, there's. I was reading this story just this week in preparation. I was thinking, even in that, like. It's just a reminder to me, has nothing to do with fear, but it's a reminder to me that God wants to be found. Mm, yeah. Like he reveals himself. Yeah. You know, we, we heard about him revealing himself to the shepherds. He reveals himself to all these different people and he reveals himself to the Magi Absolutely. in their language. You know, here's <laughs> yeah. a star. In a way that they're looking yeah. for him yes. and he just kind of shows yes. up. It is cool. But then you get to the, the important part of the story for us today, which is the, their interaction with Herod. And Herod is such an interesting individual because... 
when you look at the Magi, when you look at Herod, you see two incredibly different responses to the announcement of the birth of Jesus or to the, you know, the arrival of the, the king of the Jews. And the, the Magi want to find him, want to seek him out because they want to worship him. And then Herod says, oh, yeah, 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 me too. I want to worship him. But no, Herod shows only worry, mm-hmm. only fear, only anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, because he was a paranoid guy. He was very jealous. Yeah. And, and what, he reveals some very significant things to us because he is a guy that has nothing but fear in this moment. Mm-hmm. And so we think about, as we think about fear not, what do we learn from Herod in this moment? What do we learn about fear? And as you look at him, you really begin to see that fear may be prompted by something outside, but that really can't make us fearful Fear is something that actually starts within. It's something that begins within our heart. We begin to think on it, and we begin yes. to get worried about it, and we yes. begin to get overwhelmed Anybody with it. Anybody resonate with And we begin <laughs> to just let it me. grow. We, we feed it, right? Yeah. I mean, we find ways to yes. feed it. And, and then it begins to show up in different ways. Herod's like, yeah, let me go wink, wink, worship him. But his motivations were all off. Mm-hmm. It, it reveals our real motivations, you know. And for mm-hmm. him, it was paranoia, and it was, you know, difficulty understanding longing for control oh absolutely you see how the fear in him reveals his insecurity how he was i mean he was king but he's He's hearing about baby he's yeah he's scared (laughs) of this baby because he's like well if this baby really is going to be king i cannot be threatened you know and you see that in his whole life i remember researching so much about herod a couple years ago and realizing like what a wow what a what a king! Yeah, he was a known for his massive building projects and um, and literally, you know, building this whole kind of fortress for himself and his family, who he later killed. And Multiple fortresses yes, around yes, the nation yes. of Israel, and like all in the in, in Bethlehem, literally like being in, in the literal shadow of mm-hmm. Herod and his building projects and his. All of that just reveals his insecurity, like, yeah. I must reveal how amazing I am. And part of that was because he claimed the title, the King of the Jews. It's almost like just yeah. naming himself this, but he was really nothing more than a puppet for Rome. And so here you have these magi coming in, and they say, oh, oh, there's born the King of the Jews. This isn't someone that's taking a title. No, no, he's going to be from the line of David. And so, man, that really messes up Herod. And he was an unscrupulous tyrant. He was paranoid to the nth degree. He imprisoned people all the time. He even killed his enemies. He killed his sons. He killed his wife. I mean, if you were a threat to him, he, you had to be eliminated. In fact, I read this week that it said that when he was near death, he left orders that one member of every family in the area should be killed so that everybody would really be in mourning when he died. Now, it wasn't carried out, but I mean, think about the ego on this guy. I mean, this guy's nuts. I mean, he really is. He's crazy. And because he had all this going on, he knew he had no rightful claim to the throne. He wasn't David's heir. He was a puppet. He knew, I mean, his power was, you know, Mm -hmm. always Mm -hmm. perilous. It was like it Mm -hmm. wasn't secure. And so he had to do anything he could. And when these guys show up and they're like, oh yeah, we're looking for that, the the one who was born king of the Jews. Hmm. He's like, I got to, I got to take Hmm. care of this. And so it reveals his motivation, his insecurities. I mean, fear does all that to us, doesn't it? It does. It does. And there's, and we can hide behind like a position or a thing, you know, but yeah, there's hmm. a whole, there's a, there's a whole message in that even of like, 
do we believe the like authority that we're given and yeah. in as followers of Jesus by our birthright as sons and daughters of God, you know, or do we need this position or this power yeah. or this authority that Herod was always obsessed with and, you know, letting people know who he was and yeah. the authority that he had. Often those that speak the loudest are the most insecure and are those yeah. with the, 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 without the real power and, con, and yes. claim to yes. it. Because it's often, I mean, you think about those in your life, those <clears throat> that don't get shaken, that just kind of move through no matter what happens. They may be, they, they're still able to influence and, and affect things, but they don't have to speak loudly all the time because it's, they're not insecure in mm -hmm. that way. But man, fear mm -hmm. does that. I know personally for me, fear absolutely takes a spotlight on any insecurity I have in my mm -hmm. life and mm -hmm. just blows it up. And then I have to deal with the consequences, <laughs> right? I mean, because fear isn't yes. just something that resides within me. It starts there, but it always leaks out. Mm -hmm. There's nothing we can do. It always leaks mm -hmm. out in some way. Mm -hmm. And with Herod, we get, uh, we get several things that happen because of his fear. Did you mm -hmm. notice when we read, his mood impacted an entire city. It said all mm -hmm. of Jerusalem was disturbed. Mm -hmm. And why wouldn't it be? You've got this madman yeah. in power, and he's upset. And it's like, if Herod ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. And we're going to mm -hmm. be scared because nobody knows what this madman's going to do. Yeah. And fear makes you do crazy things. It does. <laughs> like call for the killing of babies yeah. in your city. Like that's, that's not right. Something's yeah. off. You yeah. Know? Often we tell ourselves a story in that same way. And somebody says something to mm -hmm. us or does something and we begin to question their motives. All yeah. because we're fearful of all these things, losing control, losing power, not being mm -hmm. liked, you know, all mm -hmm. these things that mm -hmm. fear controls us. And yeah, mm -hmm. Herod does this crazy thing of saying, let's just kill baby boys two and under. And there's some confusion around that because if you begin to study it, you'll see that there's really no historical record of it. Um, nobody else wrote about it. And I think part of that is because it got distorted, grossly distorted, because somewhere after this time, maybe in the Middle Ages, you know, you heard about the massacre of the innocents and people would, you know, painters would paint these pictures of thousands and thousands. And even one number I said, some say 144,000 children were massacred. But mm -hmm. really, that's not very likely. That would have been recorded in history. But we're talking about Bethlehem. Bethlehem was a small town, a population of about a thousand. How many baby boys under the age of two do you think they would have had? Not many. And so most likely, it's probably 10, 15, 20, somewhere in that range. That would be the number that was slaughtered. Still a tragedy. But if you've got a madman in power and 10 baby boys are killed, does that make the news? Probably not. He's got a lot of other stuff that makes the headlines mm -hmm. other mm -hmm. than that. But his, his actions, all motivated by fear, really begin to have a tremendous impact on a lot of people. Not just disturbing the city, but the families whose families were torn apart, you know, and had to deal with the grief of the mm -hmm. loss of a child. Mm -hmm. and, yeah. So as his power increased, so did his paranoia. As his fear increased, so did his paranoia. And really, mm -hmm. it all comes back to control. Mm -hmm. Control. And as, as I was reading this story, and even as we're telling it, we're all like, what a crazy man. And <laughs> he is. He is crazy. But it's so easy for us to remove ourselves from that and be like, I, have, I don't see myself at not all me. in the story. You know, not, not me. me. <laughs> but even when you were talking about, oh, fear starts in the heart, I'm like, yes, I know that feeling. Yeah. Um, and even um, as the year comes to an end and we begin a new year, Matthew and I have a tradition of 
taking some time to reflect together on like what were things that we delighted in in 2023, what were things that were not delightful, you know, what are things we wished ended up differently. Was all delightful. Yeah, I don't oh, know yeah, what you're talking course, about. And then, and then kind of what are our goals and hopes for 2024? And I found even in that conversation, I'm like, oh, I have a lot of desire for control. Mm. You know, I want to make things happen. I want to fix this. I want to see this change. I want to, you know, make this work. And a lot of that comes from a place of fear, mm. fear that something's going to go wrong, fear that there's going to be crisis in the family, fear that somebody's health is not okay, fear that I'm not a good enough mom. You know, there's always whether I want to admit that or not, there's a little bit of that Herod mentality mm -hmm. of like, I want to be in control. I want to, you know, I want to manage this place. I want to manage my life. I want to make sure that everything is as I want it to be. And, um, and in the process of that, those are, they begin as good intentions, but in the process of that, what happens is fear takes over and I'm can be gripped by that and motivated by that. And I don't want to be. And so even just as we end this year and go into 2024, we wanted to give you just a moment even this morning to reflect. Where do you find yourself in this story? It's easy to distance ourselves so much from Herod and his crazy ways, but do you find yourself gripped with fear? Are there things that you feel that kind of insecurity in, like, oh, I just need more of this, or things that you find yourself grasping for. You know, for me, it, it's like, I want to manage my family. I want everything to be as it should be. And you all know, you're looking at me like, ha, huh, good luck with that, Amy. <laughs> That's not how it works. Maybe you don't deal with fear as much as me, because you've experienced more life than me, but I think there's a way that we can experience that. And so this morning, even just right in your seat. I'm just gonna give you a moment. In first service, we, Noel actually led us in this kind of exercise of kind of imagining what are the things that we hold on to that, that are heavy and weighty that maybe are motivated by fear and then, and then inviting us to kind of release those. So where you are, if you're comfortable, we're gonna give you a moment just to reflect. This is a good thing to do as we close out the year and, and go into a new year. So if you're comfortable even where you are, would you close your eyes? And again, if you're comfortable, just set your hands in front of you on your lap. And just imagine, I'm going to give you just a moment of silence. Just imagine for a moment. What are those things that you're fearful about? What are those things that maybe wake you up in the night? Maybe keep you from falling asleep. What are the things that fuel your fear? Are there things that you feel like you're holding tightly to? Maybe you were, were reminded of those during the holidays like I was holding tightly to expectations or holding tightly to things going the way you want them to, holding tightly to relationships or holding tightly to things that are not yours to hold tightly to. I'm 
And I think when we're honest, those things that we grip and hold get really heavy and we don't even realize that. And so just as a, an act of worship and surrender to Jesus, you flip your hands over. And even just quietly where you are to yourself, you just pray, tell Jesus, I, I want to release these things to you. And I always like to flip my hands back over and I feel like, oh, they feel lighter. There's, a, there's an emptiness. Uh, I have an ability to receive. And so maybe now there's even an invitation from God as we approach 2024. What is it that he wants to give you? What's he inviting you into? Are there new, beautiful things that he wants your hands to hold? Are there things that fear might keep you from, but... He's saying, no, don't let fear keep you from this. God, continue to just teach us um, to trust you. When we want to trust ourselves or we want to build our life on our own control or our own grasp for um, control or grasp for power or even just to know, we just want to know exactly what's going to happen and when it's going to happen and how do we manage it. I thank you that you allow us to be released from those things and invite us into something new, something beautiful with you, Jesus. Amen. Fear is such a natural part of human existence, unfortunately, yeah. in the brokenness of the world. And as we've been talking, I was reminded, I didn't say this the first service, but I was reminded, especially in this cultural moment, we find fear being weaponized mm. and people using it to stir us up. And, you know, it's one thing we've not done here. We don't, we don't ever do that here. Mm -hmm. We don't preach, you know, messages to make you fearful. In fact, I would caution us against giving ear to the voices that just continue to stir up fear. It's very powerful mm -hmm. in our culture. And I think when we think about what happens outside this room, you know, the same fears that you have, about whatever wars are happening in the world or economies that crashing or whatever, there people outside this building are having those same worries. The difference is, is that hopefully there's something within us that centers mm -hmm. us, that keeps us from falling off the deep end, that from living in that panic life. And I think part of that is we need to be able to turn off the voices that continue to stir fear, to just mm -hmm. push them out. Don't give them credence and credibility. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Why? Because that is the that is an antichrist voice, honestly. It's a voice of an antichrist because when you begin to really understand what is the what is the the prescription for fear. I hate saying that because it sounds sounds good on a T-shirt, right? It's like we had one of our social media posts at Christmas was faith over fear. It looks good on a T-shirt, but man, living that out is a whole different story, isn't it? It absolutely is. It's so different. But when we begin to think about it, what did Jesus bring? Yeah, a lot of people were scared. A lot of people were fearful. Herod, absolutely. 
And he can be seen as a threat. He can be seen as an agitator, as one to stir up. Or he can be seen as the one that brings hope, the one that brings salvation, the one that brings joy, the one that brings peace. You know, this part, this story we read today is Matthew chapter 2. But when you begin to unfold the story, and in this summer, we're actually going to do an entire series on who is Jesus. We're going to dive headfirst into really understanding the person of Jesus. But when you really begin to read and dive in, you understand that Jesus didn't come to stir things up. He did naturally by his presence. But every time he was around people, you get the idea there was fear. You know, but he often countered that by saying, don't be afraid or asking the question, why are you afraid? You know, in the Sermon on the Mount, he says to the crowd, he says, do not worry about what you will eat or what you will drink or what you will wear. Because you see God, he takes care of the earth. He takes care of the flowers and the birds, and he loves you more than he loves those. So don't be fearful about those things. Jesus in a boat with his disciples and there, you know, they had these weird superstitious ideas that the water was evil and it's controlled by demons and monsters and everything. And a storm comes up and they think they're all going to die. And Jesus is asleep in the bottom of the boat and they wake him up mm -hmm. and he gets up and he just says, peace, be still. Mm -hmm. And the winds calm and the waves cease. And the first thing he says to him afterwards is, why were you so afraid? Mm. You know, when people were being healed, he would say to them, do not be afraid. And it, whether it was about the future, about healings, at his resurrection, he says, do not be afraid. I mean, if there's a message of Jesus, it's over and over. Don't be afraid. Don't yeah. be afraid. And how do we overcome fear? It isn't by sheer willpower. You'll never convince yourself to get over it in yourself. You know how you get over it? Getting closer to Jesus. Yeah. Getting closer to the one who can dispel fear, who's in control of everything that could make us fearful. I love this passage in 1 John chapter 4. It says, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, drives out fear. Perfect love. Who is perfect love? Jesus. Yeah. It's not a thing. It's not the gushy feelings you get in a new relationship. Perfect love is Jesus. Yeah. And so to, to help us overcome our fears, you know what we do is we get closer to Jesus. But there's a second equally important step too, and that's getting close to other people who are following Jesus mm -hmm. and are close to Jesus. Mm -hmm. Community is so critical mm -hmm. to helping us overcome fear because there can be times when I'm fearful, when I don't know what's going on. I mean, just this mm -hmm. week, we had somebody in Ashworth get a cancer diagnosis, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. Some, that's a heavy burden not meant to be shared on their own. Yeah. And they reached out to Amy and you were able to yeah. talk to them and pray for them. Mm -hmm. I actually was like crying and was like, oh, this is so scary. And she was like, no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, sorry, I'm not a good pastor. Forgive me. But, um, you know, it was good in that conversation. Actually, you know, I'm, I will always bring honesty to the table. So I was honest. I'm like, this is scary. And she agreed. She's like, it is. But she said, I'm not afraid in a profound way. You know, I'm scared of all the stuff that will happen now because of this and what will happen to my body. But she's like, I'm not afraid in this deep way. I feel like God, I know Jesus deeply. He's got me. Mm -hmm. And she said, I have Ashworth. I have a church mm -hmm. that will surround me and love me in the midst of it. Yeah. And 
And I felt that. She was not telling me some nice Christian thing. She was being really honest with me in that moment. And I think it is so easy for us to become like, you know, we post on social media, faith over fear. It's easy for us to say those things. But how do you apply that? And what does that really mean? I'm like, okay, I have to continue to stir up or conjure up this faith in me. No, I lean into Jesus. Mm-hmm. I continue to rest in him to, to cultivate and develop my relationship with Jesus. And as I do that, as I am in relationship with perfect love, mm-hmm. somehow that fear gets diminished. It's still there. We're humans. Yeah. We're going to be yeah. scared. We're going to have worries. That's normal. And we're not asking you to not be yeah. fearful people. I'm the one that was like, this is scary. Yeah. But there is a level of like, as we know perfect love and are in relationship with him, those fears don't mm-hmm. control us. They're yeah. there, but they're not controlling. They're not yeah. holding us back from what God has for us. And I think that's the other piece I was thinking about this morning was there's an invitation that God has for us. He wants to give us abundant life. He wants to utilize us in bringing his kingdom to the world. Mm -hmm. And so often we can't do that because we're scared. We want to protect or we want to protect our time or our energy or we're fearful about, you know, all the things in our life. We're busy controlling all these things. And God's like, oh, I have something I want to invite you into. And Mm -hmm. you don't have to be scared. You know, you say yes. Just like he did with all these folks that we (laughs) talked about over the last number of weeks when he said, when an angel came and said, you're going to have a baby or you're going to, there's a baby born and, and fear not. Yeah, Jesus not is saying afraid. the same thing to us this morning. And in those times where your faith is weak, there's no shame in that. When you are surrounded by the darkness or in the valley of the shadow of death, that's where your community becomes so important. Mm-hmm. It's that Sunday school class that you attend, that small group that you're a part of. It's that phone call that you just reach out and you say, mm-hmm. I'm struggling and you allow somebody else to walk with you through that. Mm-hmm. You know, as we think about fear, it's very easy for us to leave this place and go, wow, the world is terrible. Oh, next year is going to be awful. Man, just Jesus come quickly. <laughs> and I do pray Jesus come quickly, but I want you to know, he didn't leave us here to live in our caves and closed off from the world and sit in a dark room sulking mm-hmm. because everything's so bad. There's a difference mm-hmm. between us and what the world experiences. Mm-hmm. We have hope. We know perfect love. It's not some religious belief that we have. Our, our faith is founded on an individual, on a person, on the Jesus Christ who loves us and pursues us and will never let us go and will walk with us through it. And so we don't say this today to, to give you a dismal view of the picture. I'm very hopeful about 2024. I have no idea what could happen. The wheels may fall off, but even if, you know, if everything falls apart, God is still God. Jesus is still my Savior, and, and I trust and rest in Him, period. Mm-hmm. And with that, we are a people of hope. And as I said, as we look around us, as we see people around us mm-hmm. that have no hope, they have the same fears that you have. They have the same concerns yeah. that you have, but they don't have is the same Savior, the same mm-hmm. Jesus to carry them through it. And mm-hmm. so as people who follow Jesus, is there anything that the world needs more than a few of us to stand up and not get sucked into the cultural traps, to not just be mm-hmm. mouthpieces for politics and all this other mm-hmm. stuff, but to actually stand up and stand firm and say, I understand your fear, but let me tell you about what helps me deal with my fear. Hmm. Let me tell you about my Jesus. Hmm. And that really makes the difference. Yeah. 
I, as you were talking about that, it just I had this image pop into my head. So just a couple of nights ago, we walked across the street to my mom's house, and it was rainy and it was really cold. And Pearl had this brilliant idea to bring the cat with us. Not a great idea. I, <laughs> I should have. I'm trying to be the fun mom, so I'm like, totally bring the cat. It's fine. Well, of course, the cat gets out, runs away, is missing, all these things, and. We're all panicked, like the cat's lost, the cat's missing, you know. And the adults in this situation, of course, are, are fearful as well. And Pearl's like starting to cry, and then she looks at us, and she goes, what do we do? She was like, should we pray? Oh. Oh, and I, I just, even this morning, I just have that image of like, even just having that kind of childlike mm -hmm. desperation of like, well, we don't know what to do. In our place of fear, like, we're all scared in this moment. What's gonna happen and what does the future hold? And should we pray? Like, mm -hmm. should we lean on Jesus in that mm -hmm. moment? And I would encourage you, come Wednesday night. We'll pray alone, together, mm -hmm. you know, come to the retreat um, that we're gonna have on the 20th, even if that feels like a new experience for you. I think that's a place too where we can remind each other, mm -hmm. should we pray? You know, should we lean into Jesus in this moment where we're scared? Um, or, or, or where fear wants to take over. Uh, we have each other, we have Jesus, and we have a lot of hope because absolutely, of that. Absolutely, absolutely. Let's pray. God, thank you that we are not people without hope, that we are not people that are resigned to live fearful lives, that even if things are out of control and we can't understand fully, we know you, and we can trust you, and we can trust in your love for us that demonstrated itself on the cross and laying down the life of Jesus on the cross for us so that we could have peace and joy and hope and love and eternal life in you. God, as we approach a new year, what an exciting opportunity. What an exciting opportunity to turn a page, a blank slate, to think again about how you might reveal yourself to us, how you might use us to reveal yourself to our friends and our neighbors. And God, how we this year can be these points of light in our world mm -hmm. that others can look to, that when, when everything may be dismal and fearful or whatever, God, that we find our peace in you. Mm -hmm. And God, and when we begin to get fearful, let us turn our eyes to Jesus. When we're experiencing the storm in our life, may we see you just stand up in our lives, Jesus, and just hold out your hand toward us and mm -hmm. say, peace, mm -hmm. be still. Thank you, God, that we are not destined for just misery and fear, but in you there is love and hope and joy mm -hmm. and peace. Help us be those that demonstrate that in this coming year. We love you, God. Thank you for your presence. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay.